Welcome to the Getting Past the Premium Podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. Enjoy today's episode and be sure to follow us for weekly content. Welcome back to Getting Past the Premium, everybody. Excited to have a guest on today to talk everything robotic process automation. How are we doing today, Brath? Great. Thank you, Elif. Pleasure having being on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Yeah, I think it's going to be going to be great. I'm uh, I don't know how many people out in the world actually know what RPA is, robotic process automation. So I'm excited to to you know kind of bring up that topic and what agency owners, principals, producers, you know, could be thinking about from this perspective and how, you know, working through the process of identifying these areas in which RPA could be a good fit can help them ultimately bring more value to their clients, uh, so on and so forth. So with that, though, I want to go back in time a bit. Why don't you give everybody your background, kind of how you got to where you're at today, how Blue Ocean came to be, and then what you guys are doing for clients today. Perfect. No, again, thank you. It's uh, such a pleasure to talk about this topic for me. It's uh, near and dear. Um, my background, I used to be a CFO. So bulk of my you know, career is two companies, two big companies. One was the Ritz-Carlton Hotels. Uh, that's where my sort of earlier, early career was started for mm-hmm. about 10 plus years. And then another 10 years with another group of Peninsula uh, Hotels with out of Hong Kong, an ultra luxury oh. hotel company. Um, and so... To me, uh, fine, I looked at finance and I looked at the operations, right, in the sense because finance usually is a cost. There's no uh, money coming out of it, right? We are counting the money. People joke, you're bean counters. Um, and a true CFI I always believe was actually my old mentor talked to me was, we have to help actually move the business to be better. That's our value, our proposition, not putting just the financials out. And so <clears throat> when I looked at that, that, so the way we broke it out is, if you're spending time to put the financials out, then you're not spending time to help the business. So early on, you know, almost 18 years ago in the, in the, in the industry, we went to a one-day close. And so wow. ever since that, it's always been a one-day close. By the end of the first business day, our financials would be out. And by the next morning, we know you do any final changes and you're, you were done. Wow. Um, and then what, ha- what that helped actually a couple of things. One is we were current on staying on the business in the sense of focusing on what's happening today, not what happened last month, right? That was always there. So you were like, how, what are we doing now? And the second yeah. is, you, you know, I was able to get a better team in place because the ones who stayed back, who were there, who were really good at what they did, enjoyed their work because they were not stuck doing mundane stuff. Yeah. If you're doing, you know, if you're taking five, 10 days to close the books, all that five to 10 days work went away, poof. You don't have it anymore. We condensed it, of course, you know, you manage it a little differently. But then on day two, you are looking at the future now, understanding and adding value. Got all that so time how, back, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's, and, and then so you, and also you had a leaner team on top of that. So one, you focused on the current, you were in the, you were focusing on today or tomorrow or going forward. And you had a you know, much more leaner team, which was much better equipped. Uh, so that's my background. And, and the way I got into automation and, uh, is, I saw the change happening in the larger companies where in the, over the last 10 plus years, the Fortune 50 and Fortune 500 companies have been investing in automation because they are hiring you know, 10, 15, 20 yep. to 100 people on a monthly basis. 
Yeah. And as you know, you know, with the demographic change that's happening, we have this historic unemployment in the country. Yep. After COVID, right? Uh, even leading into COVID. And the fundamental reason is, you know, there's just not enough people coming into the workforce, replacing the baby boomers who are retiring. And that's going to get even worse. And to your yeah. point about why RPA is between now and 2030, the oldest baby boomer would be 65. So they can technically leave the workforce and you know get on Social Security. That's the largest generation. And so the next generation, Generation X coming on, the millennials coming in, it's, it's a large population, but they're not replacing the, right, from a yeah. profession perspective, like for like. So that's why we have this uh, uh, dearth of positions, uh, uh, people, sorry, for positions, because there's no replacement one-to-one. Well, we certainly and, experienced that in the insurance industry. It's probably right, right. Nobody, worse. Yeah, I know. I mean, I live in Pittsburgh, right? So I saw the other day, you know, Walmart is doing, you know, $17 to say welcome to Walmart. Yeah. And I Jeez. remember in an accounting place, you know, in the further, just south of Pittsburgh, we were paying $16 for them to speak and, you know, we can account it. Yeah. And where they had to really put their mind to it, to, uh, you know, f- attention to detail and, you know, manual work that have process work. And now you can just go to Walmart, stand in line, and say, "Hey, welcome to Walmart." And you know, yeah, you you, you say I have back pain standing up, but at least it's, you don't have to think. Yeah. So there's you know that that competition is is, is huge, um, and that's how I got into it because kids coming out of college saying were saying, "Oh my God, I went to college and you want me to do this mind numbing work." And I yeah. said, "Pow!" Twenty five <laughs> years ago, I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get to it. Yeah. <laughs> but of you got to earn yeah. your stripes, right? Exactly. But, you know, I realized I can't get my kids to pick up laundry at home. <laughs> so yeah. my teenagers, I was like, this is not going to work. This is not going to play out well. Uh, yeah, and I saw, so being with the larger companies, I saw automation coming into the workforce. And I realized how I can help democratize this and get it to the small and medium companies. Because, you know, the foundation of this country was on, built on small businesses, yeah, absolutely. not on the you know, too-big-to-fail large companies who have the investment funds to do this. Yep. So that was my goal, is to say, how can I normalize the playing field, bring it to the right price point, help small companies in the standard against their own? That's how I got into this in the end. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think it's a... It's a, a very valid problem that we have. And I think, you know, the way you're approaching it, um, I've always appreciated. And I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, but let's, again, start with what is robotic process automation? And then, you know, how you were talking about the mundane tasks and things like that. Well, what is it? What is it being implemented for and making the biggest impact on whether it be an insurance agency or other businesses? Perfect. Yes. So, because of the larger media, people know about automation when they see, you know, Amazon warehouse, those little bots, or yeah. the, you know, there's different companies that have the arm, you know, sticking out doing those repetitive work, right? Those physical yep. robots, they've seen that uh, uh, in the in the sort of the larger media that they've come across. What happened in the last plot of five to seven years, uh, or process automation started coming into the workforce, you know, digital automation, so to speak, or just software automation. And what it is, in essence, is it, it can actually, uh, if people are familiar with Excel and their macros, right? Those macros where, you know, we could, you know, if you're an Excel expert, you could build those macros for something that's repetitive. And then you could mm. go in and press the button and would redo the same thing over and over again. 
And many softwares have these macro functions, right? You can, you can say, I'm going to do this repetitively, record what you do once, and then it, it can repeat it. Where, so this kind of automation now is, is that Excel macros on steroids now. So where the tool stack now from roughly around 2020, it all came together, actually, 2019, 2020 for prime time, so to speak, where pretty much anything a person does with a keyboard or a mouse that's highly repetitive, such as you know invoice processing or bank reconciliation or uh, moving data or information from system A to system B, right? Mm-hmm. All that now can be uh, uh, automated where the software it uh, is set up to repeat the tasks that a person does. The nice thing about this versus the Excel macro is now we have AI and artificial intelligence built into this models where there's a lot more if this than that option. Yeah. yeah. And it can actually flag uh, inconsistencies or variances or anal- uh, 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 things that are not the same anymore and send an email and wait for a response and then execute further than that. So it's not a it's it's much more interactive in the process. And it's just software really now that does yeah. you do that. And the version I use is you know, it's a using uh, it's a language called Python, mm-hmm. which came out of Monty Python, the sitcom. That's how the name came. Uh, <laughs> really? that, yeah, I that's never how knew that. the name. Yeah. Not the, a lot of people think it's a snake, but it's, it's actually from the sitcom Monty <laughs> Python. I didn't know that. And it's ubiquitous like Java almost. Yeah. And it's open source. And so that's what makes it easier to get in for small, larger, small companies to be able to afford it and get into the is this space. Yeah, hope that gives you an idea of sort of the things it can do. Oh, absolutely. Well, and the the crazy thing to me, I mean, the possibilities are endless. But you know, it has gone so much further than Excel, where you can actually have the software, let's call it, but the mm-hmm. automation set up to you know take information from this piece, but log into, you know, no different than exactly. I would log into a certain, say, carrier portal, and mm-hmm. then take that information, enter it into these fields, and, mm-hmm. you know, click through that carrier portal. Like, I know that you've built um, personal lines raters and things like that in the past, or, you know, right. software that will do personal lines rating and things. Um, and so it really takes kind of that, you almost have to use a creative side of your brain to not only say is what are those mundane things that that we could replicate? But then also, you know, what what could we do if this were available? And uh, exactly. I think it's important then too to to say what do we do with with the humans, right? Because we're not, at least my opinion is, we're not necessarily looking to replace people's jobs with some of this Absolutely automation. Not. Absolutely we're, not. Really. We're hopefully looking to reapply that person's skill set. Mm-hmm. to more uh, activities that are going to drive value to the client that at this point really only a human can do, right? That relationship building, Correct. that, you know, Correct. talking to the client about their situation and helping figure out where do we mm-hmm. need to go with this? How do we handle that? Um, you know, repurposing that time to hire value activities rather right. than point, click, you know, repetitive type processes that, uh, you know, are very prevalent in our industry. We do mm-hmm. the same things over and over and over. Um, and I think that there's a ton of opportunity to do that. Now, take not only the, that's the opportunity cost that we're missing out on now, but then as you mentioned right. earlier, the labor force mm-hmm. issues that we're going to continue right. to have, I think we 
absolutely need to be, you know, looking at ways we can automate more of that mundane or if everybody's familiar with Ryan Deeds, he calls it the soul sucking tasks of an agency, you know. <laughs> so those are all things though that, you know, people at the end of the day don't get enjoyment out of anyways. They don't they're not coming to work, you know, passionate about processing, you know, insurance quotes or whatever. Um, right. and so as much as we can make that process simple, easy, and automated, it's going to give them the time to spend more time with the client. Right? Exactly. Correct. Exactly. No, you hit the nail on the head, actually, uh, on both fronts. You know, what, what are people going to do if these things are done? So to your point, you know, one thing I want to, uh, you, and you, you made a point on this, I want to sort of add to that is this whole automation, it's never going to replace people. At this phase where we are, the best the automation can do is about 90, 95% of the work. Mm-hmm. The best. The sweet spot is between 80 and 90%, right? That's where the sweet spot is. And I would actually, as a proponent, you know, as an executioner on this, I tell people not to go above that mark as well because we want humans in the loop making sure everything is, is, yes. is running well as well. Because in essence, I use the analogy of Batman and Robin where now the most junior person becomes Batman in the organization or Batwoman, right? And they have Robin the bot doing the grunt work for them. Yeah. And so to your point, now you start attracting and hiring the best in, 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 uh, in the industry because there's, there is a shortage of labor pool, right? And there's always a strata of, you know, good, better, best of people, right? There's, you always have the level of, you know, some people are better than others. So you, by adopting this, can get the most qualified person because they are doing the least grunt work. Yep. And they're managing exceptions. They're being a Batman or Batwoman in their organization rather than become the Robin in the organization because they have Robin the bot getting the work done for them. So that transition is never going to be, I don't need you anymore as a human. I have a machine doing this for me. Right? That's never going to happen in my view. And so your point, the second point is, how many of us in our own personal lives complain about you know, customer service, right? You call yeah. up any organization, <laughs> you get the phone tree, you get the voicemail, you get that automated thing. It's like, how, you know, yeah. just, you know, Lord have mercy, just give me a person. I can just <laughs> yeah, I just to want to talk this. to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And, and this gives you that opportunity to shift. And, you know, the, 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 the analogy I would use also, you know, automation is, is heralded as the fourth industrial revolution. Mm. As with any re- industrial revolution that we've had in the past, there were winners and losers. And, you know, so like Henry Ford said, right, if I ask people what they want, I want a faster horse and not a car. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, so the horse buggy industry went out of business, so to speak, except for the, you know, the hobby or the, you know, the pleasure yeah. stuff. And that's why Ford is, you know, became that huge company it is and the winners in that uh, aspect. And I believe in this as well, the adoption of people who adopt this technology and, and then can get out of that vicious cycle of hiring people, trying to find the right person for the job, filling positions, right? They can get out of that vicious cycle on a, on a regular basis. So they can then have this paradigm change with, you know, the problem solution paradigm change that sort of Einstein said, right? If you do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. Yep. You can get out of that to work smarter and not harder. I uh, 100% agree. So all of that being said, I'm an insurance agency owner, right? And I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, okay, how can I start to implement some of this automation? I don't, I don't even know where to start, Barath. What would you tell that 
agency owner, kind of how would you coach them on identifying, you know, the highest ROI type of areas that they should be considering in their agency? Um, how can they then repurpose, you know, people mm-hmm. to two different tasks or things like that? You know, how do you work through that with one of your clients to help identify these areas that they, you know, should be looking at, should be considering? Perfect. Yeah, the first thing I always tell is education. You know, get to understand and sort of kick the tires first. Because it's so new, and especially yeah. in this space, right? For example, you know, in, in a Fortune 500 company that I spoke to recently, they have a position called director of automation in their workforce now. Wow! So that's <laughs> coming. That that you know that position title yeah. didn't exist you know a few years ago. It's there now. It's only a matter. It's like you know from the dot uh, com dates, right? The web developer or the you know website SEO mm-hmm. manager, right? Those positions didn't exist twenty five yep. years ago. Yep. Now every company has an SEO or a web, you know, whatever title they put in, but it's something to do with the webs, you know, website uh, development. Same way that director of automation now is coming, you know, into the workforce. So the first thing is understanding, you know, like just you know, getting out and understanding what the art of the possible is. Like get familiar. Second is start looking at sort of the their sort of workforce and the tasks in the organization and saying, okay, what are repetitive work that I'm having trouble filling positions in. You know, where are my turnover positions, right? Which are, yeah. what am I, you know, hearing? You know, like I said, I, I you can't tell people, hey, pal, I do, you know, when I, 25 years ago, I did it. Now it's your turn to zip it in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what happened? Yeah. Because the kids these days, they grow up on an iPad generation, not on the etch sketch you know, that mm. they had to physically <laughs> do. They, they don't have the patience. They don't have, they don't know what to do with it, right? Yeah. How many memes have we seen on uh, you know YouTube or somewhere where you have these kids you know trying to use a rotary dial? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, even that's so good rot- <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. We laugh at it, but they don't know. I mean, it is you know we, we are the cause of that, right? We you know we gave them the iPhone, you just press the button. They don't know yeah. what this thing is. So the same way, it's you're not going to get a team into your so into your organization doing this mundane stuff. So look at repetitive work. Look at your tasks that are taking too much time and look at, you know, in the sense, look and see from the outside point of view, from a customer perspective, right? Are you spending a bulk of your time trying to understand what your customers' needs are, right? Are you building that relationship? Do you have the time to do that? Or is the, say, a portion of your time spent on, on the back office just getting that information about that client up to date in your systems? There's where I would start looking to see, to understand. And then with automation, it's definitely not an on-off switch. It's an evolution. It's a journey that you have to go to over time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I use the sort of the analogy of the X, where you have these heavy manual processes at the moment. You've got to bring that down slowly, you know, process at a time, and then increase automation process one at a time, where you get to a nice, you know, infliction at a point after a few processes. And then it's gravy after that, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. So definitely get in slow. Don't try to you know buy buy you know sort of you know eat the elephant in one bite as my math professor to say right. You know one bundle you know eat the elephant one bite <laughs> at a time. This is an <clears throat> this is a journey of an ele- eating an elephant journey so to speak. Yeah. Because it's fundamentally you know it's like uh, they use Batman and Robin as the analogy right. So. The term uh, with automation people are using is, is also rightfully so. It's called digital workers. 
So it's actually replacing 90, no, not all, right? 90%, up to 90% of a task a person does. And many organizations have in a situation they have to, you know, hire people, replace people, turnover, right? So when those things happen, you don't have to do all that stuff. You bring the automation in, start, you know, if you are, you know, if you are, especially have an aging workforce, start bringing automation in because then it actually does the SOPs for you as well. Right, because in, yeah. once you've automated, you don't have to re, you don't have to say, "Hey, every time a person's leaving, hey, please write what you do today, so the next person can can train on that." Yeah. Like, you don't have to worry about that because it runs like a machine. Um, so it's that that's nice slow transition would be the one, and just just yeah, get into this, get your feet wet. The sooner you get your feet wet, the better it is. Yeah, you got to start to learn it. Well, and and so I'm curious. Then you know, you and I have talked about this, where it seems like there's this kind of wave in the industry around virtual assistants or mm-hmm. you know um outsourcing some of this labor which is essentially saying uh and I, this is a blanket statement that i know isn't fully accurate but essentially if we don't if we aren't improving the process we're basically just saying we're going to go find cheaper labor to do the process right and you know there are some things that that may be necessary for or mm-hmm. you know the labor shortage here we have to find people somewhere right i think that those are all great opportunities. And I I do think firms should evaluate virtual uh, workforce and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But I I want everybody to be cognizant that I don't think that's always the answer. And just, you know, by saying, let's go find a cheaper workforce or whatnot, isn't certainly the answer, in my opinion, we need to solve the underlying problem processes and problems, right? So, uh, and, and, you know, not for everything, but I think a lot of those types of processes that we are outsourcing, Mm-hmm. Um, to to folks in, in other areas could be handled via automation, you know, and that you and I've had this conversation several times mm-hmm. where a lot of it just becomes we have to take the time to identify those to go through the process of saying, is this something that an automated bot could do 80, 90 mm-hmm. percent of the time? Correct. And I think that there's more out there than than not. And, you know, one of the larger projects you and I've talked about, which I think just this can give some sense of what's possible um, is, you know, around policy documents and policy checking, right? So we mm-hmm. have, you know, part of our team's duties are saying we get this renewal policy. How does it compare to expiring policy and any changes that we made throughout the year? So we can make the client aware if there's any, you know, major changes they need to be aware of about their policies. Um, you know, that takes a lot of time, energy and effort to do. And so, um, you know, we have talked about a, a, a bot can read those, right. Mm-hmm, and say, mm-hmm, and point absolutely. out those differences to mm-hmm. a degree after, you know, you've done some training and things of, of those, but that's a great example of, you know, something that may seem like a human has to do it because how can you look at these two things and see the differences? But in reality, you know, you can set up automation to do stuff like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the we're just scratching the surface of what automation can do, actually. And especially when you layer in AI and especially what, you know, yeah. chatbots and coming in, uh, uh, and especially with ChatGPT and BARD, you know, coming up as well. The, because from a language perspective, there's a phenomenal amount of work that can get uh, summarized. And I always, you know, I'll throw this into you, continue to add this in, is that at the end of the day, decision still has to be made by a person. Yeah. So it's that Batman and Robin. So at the moment, you know, you have in organizations, you have a junior person, most, you know, entry-level position, and then you have a supervisor who's actually summarizing and reviewing what a person does. 
Here is an opportunity with the labor workforce to actually more flatten the organization, have fewer people more qualified, right, or better talented, who can now actually add value uh, into this. From a customer service, now, I'm, and I'll give you a perfect example. I'm trying to deal with, uh, you know, Home Depot delivering something, you know, returning something back and forth. Mm-hmm. And every time in the query, you know, I hit a roadblock, they say, I need to talk to my manager. And I said, I was thinking to myself, listen, we're not trying to, you know, this is not SpaceX, right? We're yeah. not trying to get to Mars. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to figure out the trajectory, <laughs> yeah. how to break Earth's atmosphere, how to get to Mars. This is just oh, pick goodness, up and drop so off. That's so true, yeah. Why do you need a manager for that, right? Just, it's, it's, we're not, we're, yeah. we're not breaking any equations, you know, we're not, break, we're not creating anything, you know, we're not solving any major linear equations on this thing. <laughs> Uh, and I think I believe that workforce, you know, we can get to this way. We can in, empower people into the organization yeah. to be the best it can be. So this way, there's no more back of this customer service can change. And I think, you know, that's, I believe, to your earlier point of where can people be eradicated. I believe customer service, in, you know, for many organizations, is not good. It's not where it needs to be. And I can say this coming from Ritz Carlton, right? It's about, you know, and I was talking to David Carter this the other day, sorry. I messed up his name. Uh, and he <laughs> talks right. about, uh, you know, it's the service he gets at Ritz Carlton. And one example he gave was he drinks, uh, I think it was Coke or Diet Coke, I forget. Uh, and he had an empty can. And the next day he comes in, you know, there was six pack on his desk. It's five, three bucks, right? I mean, the cost of that was six, three bucks. But yeah. he is a lifelong fan now because they saw what how he lives in the room, so to speak, uh, and gives, you know, made a small gesture, say, we see you. Yeah. Or we understand you. And that's what I grew up on. You know, I grew up on the Ritz-Carlton culture saying, you know, I, it's it's about, because Motel 6 offers the same thing Ritz-Carlton does yeah. right, for a significantly lower price. Yeah, But people will pay the Ritz-Carlton price, so to speak, or in peninsula price because of that differentiator. We understood, did they sleep on the right side of the bed or the left side of the bed, right? All those little nuances were actually looked upon and actually customized to that person amongst, mm-hmm. amongst a series of other things. So I coming out of that and seeing the you know the customer service on the other side is like it's two different worlds we're living in, mm-hmm. and now this is possible to give that Ritz Carlton service at the same without having that exorbitant cost because you know at that time it was just you throw people at the problem. Now you can throw automation at the problem, get rid of the mundane. You can elevate people to be the Batman in their organization to 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 be that customer person and be the best agency you are in your region. Yeah. That is an opportunity. It's yours to lose, so to speak. Totally. Well, and I think using that example, which is, is fantastic. Um, but by taking out the mundane and allowing that time and that space to then focus on mm-hmm. the client experience, uh, you are able then to think about things that Ritz Carlton right. has spent years figuring out, right? But mm-hmm. if we're stuck in the day-to-day doing all of the mundane tasks to process insurance policies, which do have to be done, mm-hmm. it's hard to take yourself out of that and spend the right amount of time thinking That's about right. your, the experience that your client is actually going through. And I think, you know, our client expectations are certainly changing as well. I, you know, our, we've heard so much about efficiency and, you know, People want just to be able to buy an insurance policy as quick as possible and, you know, mm-hmm. move on with life. They don't like dealing with us, blah, blah, blah. I I tend to 
take a different approach on that or a different um, attack where I do agree the actual insurance transaction should be very seamless, very easy, right. you know, hopefully is very efficient. But I don't believe that the majority of people, certainly there's a segment of the population that do, mm-hmm. but I don't think that a lot of people probably are people listening's target clients want an efficient purchase online type of, of model. Absolutely. There again are certainly a, a target segment of the population that do, but people don't understand typically what's in their insurance mm-hmm. policy. They want, they might want to do a lot of the research and they might want to do, you know, understand how much could this cost me and blah, 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 blah online. But the majority of the time they want to talk to somebody. And that's where I think we as an industry need to go and get to is be that advisor, you know, be the, not the product salesperson, which again, that's part of the advising part of the being an Mm -hmm. advisor could be placing an insurance policy, but be that educator, be an advisor to your client to say, Hey, here's your options. Here's, you know, based on your situation, what's going to make the most sense for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So on and so forth, position yourself as that knowledge worker, not just, you know, I'm selling you an insurance policy or whatnot. Because again, the value Absolutely. that people are seeing or going to see in the future is going to be around value as it relates to advice, um, not around processing my insurance policy quickly. Because again, oh, if that's absolutely. your value prop, you're going to be taken over by automation, you know, Correct. Um, or something similar, right? And so that's where I think things are going. And I think that though, the unique thing to that is, like I said, in order to be able to have the time and the... Uh, right resources to provide the right advice to your clients. You have to be able to do the rest of the things efficiently. Uh, right. Like I said, the insurance transaction should be done efficiently and mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. But um, I, I think that that's underlooked right now or under, um, we're not discussing that enough mm-hmm. right now because so much of, of everything is being talked about is, you know, around efficiency, efficiency, online, online, online. And um, I think that RPA applied in the right areas in your business can be a phenomenal way to elevate you into that advisor role. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you are you are from a family agency. And I can bet if you ask, and I forget, I don't know if your parents are still around, you know, Arumba, but if you mm-hmm. ask them, they will tell you the foundation of the agency is built on customer service, getting to know their yep. clients. 100%. So, so in a way, this is like, you know, the French saying, no, it says, plus are, chance, plus are mem. as things change, the things remain the same, you know, say, so to speak, where old is new again, so to speak. And I think somewhere in the, in the period, in the period in the last 20, 30 years, we've lost that art of customer service and it became a transaction. Yes. And I'm glad to hear, you know, you bring this back and saying, you know, the transaction should be a small portion because the volumes have gone up. So I can imagine why it happened. You know, you know people got yeah. so much more busier. So you had to, you know, focus on the transaction and the complicated systems. And they lost what the whole purpose of that relationship was meant to be, or the, you know, the company was meant to be, was building that relationship. Bingo. And, and now technology is giving you that opportunity. And to your point, you know, VA is also an option, right? You know, definitely it's a part yep. of the, uh, it's always, you know, everything, everybody, there's, there's a, there's a player, uh, a role to, for everyone to play. Yeah. Where automation now can make you much more effective. And I don't use the word efficiency, actually. I use the word being more effective in your organization because now you can get these things, the bot, Robin the bot, getting the work done for you. 
So you can go back to what the company was supposed to be on or the founder customer foundation was, which is, to your point, customer service. Bring that relationship back. Know your neighbors, so to speak, and say, okay, see them in the ballpark, right? Go out and meet them in where they are. Talk to them and get to understand the needs and then build that long-term relationship from a generation. And to your point, actually, I remember uh, reading somewhere that the new millennium or the whatever they call these days, the new uh, uh, generation coming into the workforce, I can see that in my son, he's 14. So, you know, they actually get, you know, bits and pieces of information on the YouTube or wherever they go mm-hmm. and get it. But in the end of the day, when it comes to actually make, it, uh, make the right decision, they want to talk to someone to understand the full picture of what, is the, you know, what, is, what they're buying into. They may do their research and you know, they may know, you know 50% of the information up front, but they want that person to walk them through and hand them, hold them and give them the confidence saying, okay, here's the right product for, right, you know, for your, right, your needs. You know, it's the right fit, right person. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely is needed, actually. And I think the ones who do not do that and make it a transaction, I believe will struggle and actually will go out of business or, or lose out, so to speak, from the growth. Because to your point, there always is somebody who wants a transaction, right? Yeah. Let them, and ha- let them go to these transaction companies. But exactly. I believe, truly believe bulk of the people want customer service because customer service is horrible at the point in this country. Um, I totally right, agree. And I think board. if you're, yeah, and if your value proposition is on, you know, speed or um, cheaper price or, you know, Correct. whatever it be, again, there's always a cheaper price and there's Correct. always faster Correct. technology. And I mean, eventually it's going to be difficult to keep that client without some sort of a connection, without some sort of a relationship. Right. Um, and, and you know, again, there is a certain segment of the population that want that and value that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to discount that. Correct. But I, I think long term, you're going to see this more and more where the actual insurance policy and the insurance transaction becomes much more commoditized. Mm-hmm. And we as the advisor need to be ju- doing just that, advising and and helping our clients better understand what they're purchasing, what makes sense for their situation mm-hmm. um, and how then they can best, where they can best go buy that particular product, policy, solution, whatever it be. Because you're right, insurance products are changing as well, right? Like cyber liability was yeah. 10, 15 years ago was unheard of or very, you know, seldom spoken about. Yep. Now it's a must because everybody, you know, left, right, and center, everybody in the brother is hacked, you're getting hacked. Yep. Uh, if you're not talking to your customer, understanding, you know, what's happening in the marketplace, you can't advise to the new one. You can't just say, here's a menu and here's a menu, you know, take a look at the menu, what do you like, right? Bingo. I don't know what I like, yeah. right? Uh, and, and, I, and me, you know, coming from the outside in the industry, right, as, and having gone through the experience, I was, I, I was surprised. It's just the, the, the yeah, the, the quality, the expectation is that I'm talking to a person that they, they will get to, know to, get to know and understand me rather than just read off a menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the distinction will come. I agree. I agree. And that's where I think, you know, this conversation becomes so important because it takes, you know, some thought from agency leaders to say, you know, where can we best drive value Mm -hmm. with our people? And then how can we do all of the other tasks that need to be done to drive that efficiently, productively, effectively? Um, And, you know, there's some some of those things are going to be 
um, a good candidate for automation. Mm-hmm. Some might be a good candidate for outsourcing. You know, you, right. but you need to go through that process of what experience are you looking to drive? Where does your value show for the mm-hmm. client? And right. how do you work yourself back into, you know, the right uh, cost expense model to support that? Um, and I, again, exactly. I think automation can be a big part of that moving forward. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, there's also the other thing I see in the industrial space is the consolidation happening, right? Yeah. So I see some people want to buy because independent agencies see this private be coming in and buying large agencies for nothing. Uh, and there it is. I'm in the business. Why can't I grow? You know, there's people, younger people who actually get into business and they want to say, okay, I can get on another agency because a person retiring or whatever the change in their reason to sell. Here's an instead of buying another one or trying to get on, then trying to you know be uh, find a way to bring efficiencies. We can actually be more effective with growth because now you have one foundation that you build on, and you can leverage that to build. Uh, more companies because a lot of the stuff they do for half an hour here, half an hour there, 30 minutes a day, right? All that can actually get, when you multiply that by multiple agencies, that volume becomes very high. Yeah. Um, and you can become more effective in your organization and, and be much more stronger as a footprint because now you have bulk of your people talking to clients and Thank not you. processing uh, work because you can always find someone cheaper to process. Yep. I totally agree. Awesome. Well, so if somebody listening wants to learn more about you, Blue Ocean, uh, or what you guys are doing, how can they get a hold of you guys? Well, thank you for that. Absolutely. Our website is there, blueoceanstrategicpartners.com, you know, SP. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and definitely, you know, I'll be out in the different conversations with different people. Call you, you know, they can yeah. uh, get a hold of me. Uh, and yeah, just our website and LinkedIn is probably a great place to connect. Uh, and my goal really is to get people to understand the art of the possible first, yeah. really educate them. You know, I'm spending a lot of time educating people saying, here's what's possible as small companies don't get left behind. Don't be that, you know, and, you know, don't become that sort of uh, subsidiary of a larger corporations because you can, you, we have the technology now to, for you to become as effective as a large company uh, and manage your cost effectively to be the best of what you do. Awesome. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, I think uh, this is a great conversation to be having. I think it's a great time to be having it. And so I appreciate your time sharing what you guys are doing with everybody. And uh, I think this is a very uh, awesome conversation for everybody to listen to. So thank you. Appreciate it. And yeah, I look forward to hopefully seeing you soon here. Absolutely. I look forward to that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you you know, taking the time to talk to me about this. You got it. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day.